Welcome to the curiosity of a child. Yeah, welcome back. We've had an exciting week, haven't we, on Twitter? Yeah, very active. It's we were named one of Podchaser's most listened to podcasts, and we've got lots of new listeners and um, a lot of um, really nice kind of community on Twitter with the podcasters, yeah. haven't we? So we'd like to thank two podcasts now, which is Run With Me On This, which sent some nice comments. Really enjoying you, Anton, and uh, how you remember facts from previous shows. Yay! And also um, Conquer Cop, Chestnut Chat, which is a, a great fun podcast. And um, maybe we'll uh, catch them again in the future, hopefully. Yeah. But uh, we won't say any more now. So what have you been up to since we last recorded? Um, I've been doing a school project with Mayan temples. Mm-hmm. Um, I love and, the Mayans. <laughs> yeah. And just chilling as well. Yeah. Yeah, not too much, really. Yeah. The weather's not been great. It's been windy and wet, hasn't it? Yeah. Now, we don't have much in way of reviews at the moment, do we? No. And we need people out there. We're getting good comments on Twitter. People seem to be enjoying the show. But we want to turn that into ratings and reviews, just so we have some, some stars next to our name, so we feel famous. Yeah. So please rate us and review us on um, Apple iTunes or on Podchaser. is really good as well, please. You'll be able to find links on our Twitter account, which is at CurieChildPod. So should we get on with the show then, on the yep. first feature, which is... My feature, Anton Investigates, and it's, on, it's my project, the Mayans. Yeah, on the Mayan temples. On with the show. On with the show. Anton investigates the Mayans. This is really exciting. Um, Curious Daddy and I have just um, found a an ancient journal. Yeah, it looks incredible. It appears to be handed down by explorers for well several hundred years. Yeah. There seems to be a little introduction um, on the history of the Maya. Uh, yeah, so it says the first Mayan settlement started around 1800 BCE until about 900 CE. This makes them the longest lasting civilization in the Americas and one of the longest in the world. The Mayans only had Stone Age tools yet could make outstanding limestone temples and great cities. Yeah, pretty incredible stuff, isn't it? But. I can feel some energy or something when we leaf through the pages of this book. It's almost like we've been transported back to the time when these early explorers were actually first making these incredible discoveries yeah. in Central America. Fifteen seventy-six, Diego Garcia de Palicio. I have heard stories of ancient temples. Do you know where they are? Si, senor. There is some temples deep in the forest, but it is a long way to go. But we show you if you want. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, let me draw you a map. But it's very dangerous. The jaguar, everything all over the forest. What is jaguar? A jaguar is a big cat. It is like a spirit, though, and it's so powerful. They sound very, very scary. Okay, come with me. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. We're travelling through the jungle to the lost city of Capan. Thankfully, we haven't encountered any jaguars yet. 
I, I think we are near there now. Just through here. Chop down these bushes. Oh, <gasps> look. Oh, wow, this is amazing. No one at home will believe me. My ancestor, they built this place. It is so special to us still. Great, great people. It is special to me too. Dear Journal, the temples were built with such skill that it seems they could never have been made by people as coarse as the inhabitants of this province. 1810, President Codex, Alexander von Humboldt. Einweg, Einweg! Yes, Alex, what? what? What is it? I have found this. It looks like an ancient Mayan book. <gasps> oh, this is fantastic. This will help us to decode the Mayan language. Yes. It is beautiful. The, the, the hieroglyphics in there look like they're done with vegetable dyes. And the colors are fantastic. And the illustrations, I mean, what do you think this must say? I think it has things about their, um, their gods, and also maybe some sacrifices. Yes, and the history of the regions. This will help us to go into the temples, yeah? And to translate all the hieroglyphics that are all over the walls of the temples. That would be amazing! These codex could be the key to understanding much more about the Mayan culture. Yeah. How big is this? I mean, how much do we have here? I think we have four meters. Unfolded very carefully. Okay. That's right, four meters. <laughs> yes, oh, very good. I think more like 3.7 meters of ancient Mayan hieroglyphs. I believe looking at the style of the lettering that is done by uh, several different authors. Really? <laughs> yes, look carefully. Take this seriously, <laughs> Alexander. Eighteen thirty-nine. John Stevens and Frederick Catherwood. Hey, Frederick! Frederick! All right, Catherwood, get over here. This is amazing. Yes, yes, I'm coming. It looks like the stories are true. Diego was right. This place is amazing. There's thousands of temples and many other buildings. Oh, the cities are amazing. I must draw them all. Hey, Frederick, look up here. I'm on the top of the temple of the moon. Hey, Frederick, do you see me? Yes, I do. You shouldn't be up there. It's 43 meters tall and 130 meters wide. Yeah, but the view from up here is amazing, Frederick. Come and have a look. You can be able to do some great pictures from up here. No, I like the picture part, but you must come down now. Okay, I'm on my way down. Let's keep exploring these jungles. This is amazing. Yeah, it's getting late. We must get back. Okay. Today is the day of the equinox. There is a great spectacle to be seen as these serpent undulates up the Temple of the Moon. Hey, Catherwood, are you getting this? Look at the shadow! Yes, yes, I am. Calm down. Oh, but it's amazing. It's like, it's like a snake climbing up the steps. Calm down. I'm drawing it now. Oh, fantastic. Yes, that is good. 1890, Alfred Mosley. 
Senor, Senor Alfred. Yes, what is it? Look what I found. Where, where? Show me, show me. This way, this way. It's up this hill. Okay, I'm right behind you. Oh, it is so hot. This better be worth the visit. It's covered in lots and lots and lots of trees, though. Ah, <gasps> oh, this is remarkable. It's the lost, fabled temple of the jaguar. Truly incredible. We must clear this whole land, this whole city, and we must discover its secrets. Have your men get on that immediately. Right away, Senor Alfred. Senor Alfred, we found a reservoir, and there's things at the bottom of it. Really? Well, we must have this dredged immediately. I want to know what is at the bottom of that. Over here, I'll get my men on dredging right away. Okay, thank you. Johnny Guns, get to it! Chop, chop! Come on then, this way! Now, what do we have here? This is most remarkable, amazing, fabulous, splendid. It looks like a sort of mask. Yes, this looks like a jade, maybe a death mask or something. Are those human bones? Yes, they are. What do you think this could have been used for? What, what stories do your people have of these places? These bones must have been from the people who were thrown into, um, into the reservoir after they died. Yes, yes. It looks like these reservoirs were used for some form of worship, like an early primitive temple, or sacrificing people to their gods, asking Quetzalcoatl to bring them health and to bring rains to the land. 1956. The Takao Project. Dear Journal, evidence shows that the Mayans believed sacrifice and bloodletting was a gift to the god. It appears that they would pierce the penis, the earlobe, and the tongue. There are even detailed carvings showing this gruesome act. We are experiencing the planets and the stars coming up through the windows in the observatory. Yes, that's right. It appears that the temples have been built aligned to the stars and the planets in the sky. Come look, look! It's that Venus rising up through the window. Let's use this to help track the days and the seasons of the year. Yes, this is outstanding. Fabulous. How, with any stain age tools, were they able to build and so precisely align these, these massive buildings to these astronomic events? Nineteen eighty-nine, Copan burial discovery. Dear Journal, today we discovered a burial in in a temple situated in the city of Copan. We have discovered many great ornaments, including a jade mask. That's right. It's truly incredible what we found here. Inside the burial site, there are clay effigies and incense burners, which look like they are offerings, maybe to the gods. Who do you think was buried here? By the looks of it, it is a, maybe a princess for, um, or a daughter from one of the snake kings. Yeah, one of the powerful kings in the area. Perhaps this was a, um, a royal wedding that was used to create um, kind of a relationship or a friendship between two of the Mayan city-states. Yeah. 
The tomb itself is buried deep within one of the temples, so it's very difficult to excavate. We had to dig very carefully right inside the structure of the temple, hoping that it would still hold up after being deserted for hundreds of years. Yes, that's right. We were very scared at times when the ceiling started crumbling a little bit. Yeah, I know, it's so dark in there as well. But it's worth it for this discovery. Truly, truly amazing. 2018, the LiDAR project. LiDAR has revealed thousands of new buildings under the canopy, 40 times more than we originally suspected. Yes, this is the most amazing discovery we've made. Using LiDAR from a plane flying over the rainforest, we fired laser beams down, penetrate through the canopy of the forest itself. They bounce back up to the aircraft overhead, allowing us to form a 3D map of the landscape below, which reveals details that they've never seen before. Yeah, so when they shoot the lasers down, they bounce back up and then they time how long um, it takes for them to come back up. That's right, and using this, it's just it's, phenomenal what yeah, we've found. It strips away the canopy completely. It has what we've thought first were just small towns and cities have turned into sprawling metropolises. There's going to be hundreds of thousands of new discoveries to be made in this area. Because when we were trekking through the forest, you could see in front of you just 10 metres and you'd see nothing, but with this LiDAR, what's it revealed for us? Everything. This journal has been amazing, but there's been many, many discoveries in the past. But what do you think the future holds? I think the LiDAR evidence that they found recently is that shows that there's so much that has yet to be found out about the Mayans in the future. Yeah. Um, truly incredible. I mean, we were so lucky to have found this journal as well, and how it's got the stories like Diego, um, who else was in there? Uh, Frederick, Catherwood, Alfred Mousley. Just, yeah. And their stories. I mean, if we look at the past first before we look at the future, you can say that they started off as just stories of these cities, didn't they? Yeah. And when the first discovery that we found out about, um, or we've seen in this journal, um, they, it was funny because the, um, the Spanish people um, didn't even believe Diego Garcia. That's right. They um, didn't believe that there'd be such large cities there. And then his notes that he wrote back to, was it Philip II, I think, yeah. the king of Spain at the time, he he was basically saying, oh, well, the, the native people here, they're, they're too primitive to have made these temples. And the archaeologists have discovered through all their hard research and the hot, sweaty, difficult conditions of the rainforest, actually just how sophisticated and how amazing a civilization the Mayans were. Yes. Yeah. With their uh, astronomy and... Uh, their tool making, even though they only had stone tools and wooden tools. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the future is going to have more discoveries than we can ever imagine. It's So what do you think the future holds? Um, and are you excited by it? Do you want to be part of it? I am excited, possibly part of it. Um, I think the future will hold... Uh, well, we'll definitely discover more... Um, buildings and temples, but LiDAR has helped us a lot. When you were researching for your project, it reminded me of a book that we read a little while ago, 
um, The Explorer by Catherine Rundle. Yeah, it's really good. And I'll read the blurb. When their plane crashes, four children are stranded in the Amazon jungle. Now they have to survive alone. But was someone there before them? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. It's a really good story. And actually, one of the children there dreams of being one of the explorers of old, doesn't he? Exploring yeah. deep into the jungle and finding lost cities. Yeah. So, well worth a read. I think his name's Fred. That's all we're giving you. Yes, you've got a better memory than me. Yeah. Yeah, so watch this space for the next explorer, which could be you, Anton. Oh, I'm too busy doing the podcast, sorry. <laughs> Keep the journal safe, though. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm exhausted after that time travel. <laughs> yeah. So, back to the present. And actually, speaking of time, yesterday was a leap day, wasn't it? Yep. Imagine having your birthday on that day. You'd only, let's say, you were eight, you'd only officially be two years old. I know. <laughs> uh, you age really slowly. Yeah. So, do you know why we have leap years? Um, is it because... Every year, there's 365 and a quarter days. Um, and then every four years, they'll have to add on um, add on an extra day. Um, because, well, four quarters is one whole. Yeah, have you been reading my notes? No. Okay, but do you know... Okay, so that's correct. There's... Um... Yeah, an extra quarter of a day each year. So as the, the Earth is rotating around its axis, then orbiting the sun, it doesn't quite sync up exactly. Um, but do you know why we need the leap year? I mean, what effect would that have? Um, I don't know. You don't know? Okay, well, listen, and you will learn. So as you said, um, it's about 365 and a quarter days, or to be more precise, the Earth takes approximately 365.242189 days to travel around the Sun. Or 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes and 45 seconds. And this is called the tropical year, so that's the exact time that it takes the Earth to orbit around the Sun. So what that means is that um, each year the Earth finishes its final rotational day about... Um, six hours quicker than it fully orbits the sun, yeah? So it goes slightly out of sync. So whilst that's not a big kind of time, is it? Six hours, it's not particularly long. Um, it means that every four years, like you're saying, we'd add approximately one day, wouldn't we? If it's four times six is 24. Yeah. So it's 24 hours. Got your maths right this time. On <laughs> I have, yes. <laughs> but you've also got to remember that it's not exactly six hours. It's five hours, 48 minutes and 45 seconds. And those... 11 and a quarter minutes add up. So there's actually a special formula used to work out um, leap year. So it's not really every four years. So the year has to be divisible by four, but not divisible by 100, unless it's divisible by 400. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. So the year 2000, when the world ended, was a leap year. So it was 2012, when uh, some said that the Mayans predicted the world would end. Was also a leap year. Yeah. But 1900 and 2100 will not be leap years because they are divisible by 100 but not by 400. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So you can't fit 400 into 2100 but you can fit 100 into it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Got that? 
even with these changes, the Gregorian calendar, so it's a calendar system that we use, isn't perfect. And it will be out by one day every 3,236 years. Mm-hmm. However, there is a revised version of the calendar, which is only out by one day every 31,250 years. But we don't really use that because the Gregorian calendar is accurate enough for our general needs. But what would happen if we didn't have leap years? Going back to that original question. It means that in just 100 years, the seasons would have drifted by about 24 days. Okay, because we'd all go out of sync. Yeah. yeah because we'd be the calendar date and the kind of weather would move at different rates. Oh, yeah, because, yeah. I get it now. Yeah, it's that quarter day would keep adding up and pushing everything mm-hmm. out of sync. Yeah, exactly. If it continued, we'd be having snow in July and uh, we'd be throwing shrimps on the barbie mate for christmas like they do in australia but this would only affect us in the northern hemisphere that way so in the southern hemisphere it'd be the opposite yeah so we'd be the new australia kangaroo (laughs) that's rubbish koala i can't do it today normally i'm much better um so why is this important do you think that keeping our dates and our kind of seasons in sync um so people don't get confused Mm mm-hmm and for weather forecasts as well, maybe? I don't know. I don't think that's too, too much. Yeah, but I think it's mainly going to be around planning things, I'd imagine. So historically, it could be things like planting crops and kind of religious days, because if you know that the weather starts getting better in, say, mid-spring or something, and that's when you have to plant. Also religious days. Um, knowing that they are kind of in the same point of the year. Particularly like with some older civilizations where maybe uh, like the Mayans, they had their s- the serpent crawling up the temple, didn't they? On the equinox. Yeah, because that would get messed up as well. Well, that would still be the same in a way because that would be in sync with the sun or the tropical year. It depends on the position of the sun in the sky, doesn't it? To form the shadow. But you'd still want the actual date itself to be the same. Um, although the Mayans, they used three different calendars and they had fantastic timekeeping and I don't actually know if they used leap years or not. And it would also be important for war. If you were going to go out on campaign, um, you'd want to know that the weather's going to be fine and because, say, during the Roman period, you would want to know that, OK, we can go out at the start of summer, you know when summer is, and uh, you're going to have fine weather. Mm-hmm. So who do you think introduced leap years? Any idea? Um, who introduced a leap year? Do you want any clues? One, please. Um, it was in 45 BCE. Still not sure. It was called the Julian calendar. Julius Caesar? Yeah, Julius Caesar, exactly. So that's why I mentioned kind of the importance for war and battle. Yeah, so he introduced it in 45 BC. And very humbly, it was named after himself. However... His had a leap year every four years, with no exception every 100 years. So different to what we use today. So it would go out of sync, wouldn't it? Yeah. So in 1582, Pope Gregory the XIII, which is... <laughs> XIII, 13th. Yeah, Pope Gregory the 13th, uh, proposed the refined system that we still use today, the Gregorian calendar, which is also humbly named after him. Although most of the credit should go to Christopher Clavis, a Jesuit German mathematician and astronomer who did most of the workings out and refined the system. Well, it took people a long time for this change to happen everywhere, so Greece didn't actually adopt 
the Gregorian calendar until 1923. <laughs> Even though in Portugal, they did it in uh, 1582, I think it was. Which meant that for a long time, we, uh, people were running a um, dual dates, so they had to convert from one to the other. Yeah. And it wouldn't be consistent either. They'd go further and further out of sync. Imagine going on holiday. Or if you're meeting someone from across the border. <laughs> and a different yeah. kind of, oh, we'll meet you on the uh, 23rd of July. A year later. You're meant to be here. <laughs> yeah. Where are you? Uh, when changing calendar system from the um, Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, uh, the dates had to be brought back into sync. So some days had to be dropped to do that. And then in 1750, the British Empire introduced the Calendar New Style Act. And this involved losing 11 days in 1752 to bring it into sync with the rest of Europe. Mm. And the year before was actually really short as well. Um, unfortunately, not everyone understood this correctly. And they believed their lives were going to be shortened by those 11 days. And there are stories of riots in the streets and people demanding... Give us, Give us our 11, 11 days. days. We want our 11 days back. And historians say that this probably never happened. It's uh, attributed to a painting. But I like to think it did happen, so I think it's quite a funny story, really. Yeah. People believe in that. One enterprising chap did manage to take advantage of these 11 days. And his name was William Willett. And he wagered that he could dance non-stop for 12 days and 12 nights. So on the evening of... 2nd of September, and this is when the change was going to happen for the calendar, yeah. uh, he started to dance around the village. And he danced all night, and come morning, when the sun came up, it was then the 14th of September. I think that the 29th of February should be an international holiday. I think it should be a day of celebration for the world. Yeah, I really agree with that. Yeah. We need to sign off now, dude. Welcome back. Bye. <laughs> no. Welcome back, bye. So, thank you for listening to another show. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, rate us, review us, review us, rate us. Apple iTunes, Podchaser. Do you have any final words, Anton? Review us! Yes, review us or the boy gets it. What it is, I don't know, but it won't be very pleasant. But then you'll hit me with the microphone. Not again, you know what happened last time. I had to buy a new microphone. Yeah, because my head's made of steel, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. We're very bad. Sinking feelings. <laughs> We're still recording, you know. We are still recording. I guess this will be the end bit. Yeah, this will be the rambly bit. I'll just put some music over the top and it'll be fine. Some sound effects or something. Yeah. Maybe a ticking clock.